So I was going to do this episode on politics, you know, catch us up on how many times Orange Face wants to waste Georgia taxpayers' good, good coin with these recounts and that bland ass cabinet of Biden's. But then a little conversation with Mama Freeman changed the whole game. morning good day good evening my beautiful children of the sun it's amari freeman here and welcome to no cream no sugar where we like all things like we like our coffee pigs chuckalisa 2020 thanksgiving day to be exact i do not go home for that holiday mama freeman prefers my presence on baby jesus day i still call in to you know see what's been cooked and who's going where especially since it's covid Nobody should be going anywhere but the kitchen to make a plate and the den to properly succumb to the itis on the couch. And I'm just calling to confirm. I say, Mama Freeman, what are you thankful for? She goes, I'm grateful for two babies with jobs who are healthy and able and... It doesn't matter what she said after that. Because what has happened in this moment, ladies, gentlemen, and all the beautiful things in between in less than 20 seconds into the call is something that no one on this great green earth does better than black parentals, especially black mothers. And it's a little something I not so fondly refer to as bait with shade. What's that? Fabulous question. Bait with shade is very simple in concept. Your parents feel like you are hiding something or you have not been completely upfront with them for whatever reason, most likely because it's none of their gosh darn business. So they say something with a dab of shade in regards to what they are suspicious about in an attempt to get you to react. The spill that tea they've been salivating for. Interesting. Indeed. Now, where it gets tricky is execution, because if you're dealing with someone not accustomed to such tomfoolery mind games, they'll spill their tea, your tea and your homie's tea all on the parental's laps. But if you're dealing with an OG like me, you can't see me right now, but I'm pounding my chest with a high volume of exceptional sense that's often mischaracterized as common. That shade is immediately identified and stomped out like an ATL club in the early 2000s. Because what we're not going to do as grown as adults is fall victim to the parental's manipulative ass information tactics. If they want to know so much, ask the damn questions. All right. So after her soliloquy, I replied like any old good Southern deaconess on first Sunday would. I'm grateful for you too. Yes, Jesus wept, blessed, because you are truly something else. No other mother would do. You are truly divine. It's got to be you. Bless your heart. Yes. Now, at this point, you might be asking, Omari, what was the bait? And to that, I say to you, another fabulous ass question, because that's how bait with shade works. It looks real innocent on the surface. But dig deeper down, and you'll find that Mama Freeman really wanted to know about my job and I have my reasons for why I have not discussed with her my job but sippers and sippets you all didn't push me out and you all don't make me premature gray so I have no reservations 
only inspiration, in fact, in discussing those reasons with you, as well as how to maintain a healthy ass relationship when your black ass parentals want to go sniffing around your business. So consider this an extension to last week's episode that you should go check out if you haven't already as to how to maintain good relationships with your family. Parent edition. Lego. But first, let's get into my situation over here. So we're talking about the parentals today. Black ones at that. We ain't no damn Huxtables. We are not the Banks or the Johnsons, okay? We're real-ass Black families that work real-ass Black nerves. So I'm sipping on what I have named the African-American coffee, typically known as the Irish coffee. I've taken Portrait Coffee's Berry Blend and added a dab of Uncle Nearest 1856. Then I poured it over ice because I like my coffee with ice and a pinch. And I do mean a pinch of cream. Go check out episodes two and three of this here podcast to get more information on Portrait Coffee and Uncle Nearest 1856, respectively. Let's get into the show. Actually, wait, before I start, you might have noticed that I have started referring to you beautiful boys and girls and all the beautiful things in between as something else. That being sippers and sipettes, because I'm not the only one delving into these topics and situations. You too are participants, and I show my gratitude to you with your very own label. You're welcome. Now let's get into the show. So one of the reasons I have not discussed my career at this moment with my parentals is because boundaries, sippers and sippets, are absolutely necessary for any relationship, but especially a healthy adult relationship with your parentals. They have frozen you in time. And no matter how old you get, how many baby daddies you have, or how many bills you pay, you will always be seen as their little jujube. So it's up to you, black child, to remind them in as many ways possible that there are certain things that are non-permissible at this stage in the relationship. Here are some ways to protect those boundaries. Draw a line. They don't necessarily have to know the line is there, but you know it's there and hold firm when they get too close to it. When you see them approaching that line, deflect the question, sidestep the shade, play hopscotch with their nosiness. You can be direct and say, I don't want to talk about it because after all, we're grown. Just be prepared for the emotional manipulation that is soon to come. Just hold firm to your boundaries because if you don't, then what's going to happen is a gray area will form for your parentals to electric slide in. And then you'll be all mad and upset because they have succeeded again in making you feel 17. If you have any issues with this, ask your Scorpio friends to help you out. We're really good at filing our nails while we not answer anything we don't want to fucking answer. After you've drawn your line, have a support group. Mine's is my sister. We're in this shit together. In fact, if you have siblings, it's important that you all stick together on this because nothing will destroy your boundaries and spill your tea quicker than the war tactic that is divide and conquer sibling style. Mama Freeman is notorious for calling Sister Freeman to see if she'll spill tea on me. When it equates to nothing, because we're in this together, she'll call me and tell me something Sister Freeman said, but doesn't sound like something Sister Freeman would say to see if I take the bait. But what she doesn't know is Sister Freeman takes me. <laughs> so I was waiting at the door for her phone call, shouting, 
while I was filing my nails. So it's important to have a partner or a team that has your back and is working together with you against the parentals. And don't feel bad about it either because the parentals got a team. What? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. They got each other, their favorite co-workers, their good, good friends, the whole damn village, your grandma, your uncle, your favorite auntie. And by the way, don't tell your favorite auntie everything because at the end of the day, her allegiance is to her sister, not her nieces or nephews mm-hmm. she goes in the boundary column so once we have our lines crossed and our support group to hold us accountable for those lines share things or not share things on your own terms black children we thank our parents for the sacrifices they have made for us again and again we thank them for the 22 hours it took to bring us into this world and all the burns that they got working nights as a fry cook to put us through college however the gratitude we show should not be at the expense of our sanity and freedom you are free to do and discuss things with your parents if and or when you're ready. Don't let anyone, especially them, tell you otherwise. If you don't want to talk about your new boyfriend that just got out of jail yet, don't. If you don't want to talk about why you were really 45 minutes late to Sunday dinner, don't. Or in my case, if you don't feel like discussing how your job just made you a COVID statistic, don't. Because at this stage in your relationship with your parents, your needs is your responsibility. Self-care is the best care. On that note, let me run into the kitchen real quick, add a little more coffee, a lot more whiskey, and the same pinch of cream so I can have my buzz just right for the next reason. So I said it earlier, I'll say it again, self-care is the best care. And no, I don't mean many petty time because unpopular opinion. I don't think many petty spa days constitute as self-care. I know, I know. Look, I get it. It really does pep some of you all's energy, mood, day, vibe. Like it fights your depression spending some time at the spa or getting your nails done and toes done. I truly, truly get that. I'm just saying for me, that doesn't cut it. Clean cuticles and exfoliation is good hygiene to me. Nothing more, nothing less. Sorry, not sorry. Self-care, as I like to define it, is doing things that are uncomfortable or not as glamorous for you and or others presently that is to the overall improvement and or sustainability of yourself. It's doing the dirty work to bring out the best in you, the best you. Some examples of my idea of self-care would be, for instance, say your bestie is having a party and they invited some of their dusty, petty, wop friends that you never really cared for. Why are you going to subject yourself to their whack-ass energy? Energy is contagious. I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to contract negativity on me. I only emit good vibes where I can. And this certainly seems like a situation that can be helped. So you should say, friend, I love you, you know, but nah, I can't make this one. Now, if they ask why, tell them. And because they're your friend, they'll understand. Because I don't throw the word friend out there all willy-nilly like y'all. But otherwise, you said your peace and peace you shall have. Another example would be this year of COVID and how many events, fellowshipping and hoishness. Not really. I have a bay. I'm just out here trying to, you know, relate to the single people, catch my tea. I have forfeited because prioritizing my health, especially now with no fucking health insurance during a goddamn health pandemic is absolutely necessary. Or one more example would be, and this is for you, sis. 
I don't give a fuck how much you love that Negro. Preach. He don't treat you right. No. He don't respect you any, oh, and no. he don't love you. Because if he did, I wouldn't have brought all that other shit up. That's right. Put your love for yourself first and drop that dusty sack of shit and watch how bright your life starts glowing. And don't backslide. Sure, you're going to miss that dusty sack of shit. That's normal. Don't go back. You know why? Because growth and success is a forward motion. So we clear on my idea of self-care? Yes wonderful because i was home about a month ago with the parentals when i realized self-care had to be exercised i was visiting them to see how they were doing physically as well as exercising my right to participate and who is elected in governing positions now the parentals are black baby boomers and their perspective of working and office etiquette is so depressingly sad. And yet another example of the lasting effects of OPPness. They are forever under the mindset that you can't take days off because they couldn't or else they were seen as lazy and thus fireable. So the fact that I said I was taking off more than two days sent alarms all through their precious minds. You off for how long? They okay with that? You sure? No, I wasn't lying per se. They truly would have been okay with me going home to vote and taking as many days as I needed to do so had they not already laid your girl off. And I truly would have told my parentals about my unemployment then and there had they not worried the hell out of me in the damn store hours prior let's go back to hours prior we're at the store opps are ringing up our stuff and asked if we were together or separate everybody but me assumed separate i didn't appreciate that shit i said together everybody looked concerned but me mama freeman goes you sure i said it's a few franklins not a cleveland google the history of u.s dollars sippers and sippets throw it in the bag shots on me from there on mama freeman went on a two-day crusade to try and figure out how much money was in my accounts rant about how i didn't have to pay for her stuff force feed me 40 bucks and try to see if she had the funds to give me more like ma'am keep your stimulus to yourself please so no after that, I had no interest in telling them because I foresaw what my days would look like if they had that knowledge and I had no desire to live that life. I put me and my well-being first and foremost before transparency and parental yada yada woo woo and I have no regrets. And I implore you all to do the same with your parentals. If you know your moves are going to be put under the microscope with them and give you more stress, reserve the right for discretion. Let them microscope and count the coin of somebody else. Now, caffeine keeps me up all night. Mm-hmm. So this is my last run to the kitchen. Just a little more coffee, a lot more whiskey, and the same pinch of cream so I can have the proper buzz just right for the next reason. So I do believe there are at least three stages to unemployment everyone experiences in some shape, form, or fashion. Number one, anger. Whether it's a layoff, furlough, or fire, all three generate some anger within you because they all contain some level of bullshit within it. In my case, and the thousands upon thousands more like me this year, COVID-19 has us looking upside the heads of corporate, yep. nonprofits, yep. government, yep. all them bitches, 
All them bitches can catch this side eye. The complete and utter ineptitude in this handling or mishandling rather of this pandemic in this country by government officials, local, state, national, all them bitches, all them bitches should be a form of treason. We interrupt our regularly scheduled programming to get into this dab of petty. Y'all know Orange Face committed treason, right? Oh, yes, ma'am. Let's do some political science in layman terms real quick. Treason against the old red, white, and blue is only when a citizen has declared war against them or adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. So let me put that in a sentence. Orange Face and his campaign accepted aid from a long-standing enemy of the state to influence the 2016 national presidential election. Now, one may say, Amari, your sentence is incomplete. Where's the aid or comfort that Orange Face provided Russia? And to that I say, if you truly think Russia assisted Orange Face out of the kindness of their heart, then I got an oceanfront in Idaho I can sell you, shawty. A bridge in Brooklyn, homie. And can we please have a moment of honesty, sippers and sippets? If anybody from the Democratic Party, especially OBZ, pulled that foolishness, they sure as hell wouldn't have called it collusion and they would still be dragging him in 2020. And with that said, we've reached the conclusion of this episode. Stab a petty. DJ, bring that beat back. The complete ineptitude in the handling or mishandling rather of this pandemic in this country by government officials, local, yeah, state, yeah, national, all them bitches should be a form of treason. At the bare minimum, a violation of the Eighth Amendment, because no matter how it's sliced, the blatant disregard of this disease by government officials has led to millions being punished for their ineptitude in the form of joblessness and lack of health insurance during a global health crisis. Aside from the governmental incompetence, let's shift into the nine to five inefficiencies. So corporate have been using the courts to posture the notion that they are persons when it's convenient for them, like when they want to fund Orange Face's presidential campaign or not provide birth control to their women employees. And to that, I say... Same energy, bruh. I need that same motherfucking energy when there's a goddamn financial crisis. Every fucking self-proclaimed financial expert says people should save money up to six months, at least, in case of a rainy day. Where's your rainy day coin corporations, a.k.a. persons? Shutdowns had not gone on for a full week and jobs was laying folks off. Bad freaking business. Sidebar, not talking about mom and pop shops, your local heroes. I'm talking about the Unfortune 500. The motherfuckers getting grants from Orange Face and Company while us millennials over here have to argue with Sally Mae for 45 minutes just to get a goddamn forbearance. And then there's the everyday job petty that makes one disturbed because you look and see who they didn't lay off and can't help but feel insulted. Dare I say disrespected. Some people lash out on their former employer. I judge them not, just not my thing. I'd rather move on to the next stage of unemployment. Number two, depression. Give me my ice cream and golden girls on demand, please. I know depression knocks some people out for the count. The OPPs are notorious for jumping off shit immediately after being laid off, but not I. 
I'm a knock down seven, get up eight individual. I just need a few days to not do a damn thing that pertains to giving a fuck about anything. I need my mind to have fully processed the events before we can plot the next stage. And that's the comeback. This is the most interesting stage to me because for me, the mind is to clear what the canvas is to blank. So what do we want to do? We're fortunate enough to have a little severance. We're not irresponsible corporations. We have some coin for a rainy day. What do we want to do? How do we plot our next stunt on the world and turn our haters into dust? Do we really want to go back to a nine to five and fall into the same patterns of job insecurity and corporate dependency? Or do we want to go all in and bet on ourselves? You can't see me right now, but I'm puffing my chest. I've done it before. And I snatched the big bank. So I'm feeling pretty good about my odds. Now to bring all this back into today's topic, sippers and sippets, there are moments in your black magical life when you just need to do some things without the parental's two cents. You need space to dream, shift, come out of something no longer serving you so you can come into something more aligned with your purpose. I need to throw my shade at the world and watch Sophia, Dorothy, Rose, and Blanche in peace. And more importantly, I needed to come to terms with my next move without parental interference because no one kills dreams, career shifts, and new ideas quicker than black parents. Don't let it be a career they've never heard of or worse, a career they don't feel is profitable or as profitable as what you were previously doing. Sometimes I truly feel like Mr. and Mrs. Freeman, aka Mama and Papa Freeman, truly feel that I am one of those artists out here burning brushes for warmth. Their support for my career choices has always been evident, but they worry nonetheless because that is exactly what black parentals do. And black parents don't even realize their negative energy half the time. They just want to make sure you're all right according to what they've defined all right to be for you. And we're adults now. We define what's all right for us now. More importantly, when something can be more than just all right for us, when something can actually be great, when something can be the best fucking decision we've ever made for our heart, mind and wallet. So if you're an entrepreneur trying to figure some things out, a nine to fiver dissatisfied with where you are in your life right now or a COVID statistic like me, see this as a moment we're all in as an opportunity to sit and plot a comeback and a come up uninterrupted go through those stages without momonym asking have you found a job yet have you been looking or if you need any money misguidingly pressuring you back into that toxic ass cycle of being a worker ant no 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 write your business model without papa unintentionally casting doubt and shade on your plans create your mood board plot your fiscal gains make your next move your best move and that is with your best foot forward and once you're in a place in your dreams shifts and come-ups where you feel comfortable talking about it then you bring your parentals along for the ride but not a moment sooner so what have we learned today sippers and sippets black humans with black parents. The key is to maintaining a healthy adult relationship with your black parentals, particularly when you are about to make some major career shifts that may conjure unsolicited judgments from them is exercising boundaries. Don't let them bait with shade you into sharing your moves before you are ready to do so. Performing self-care discretion is a form of self-care. And sometimes it is the parentals included in that it's none of your business group. 
And that's okay because your peace is the most important piece you have and giving yourself the necessary space to process your present and plot your future. Sippers and sippets, I don't know where this new road I've decided to travel is going to take me, but I got my good shoes on, baby, and my best foot forward. So grab you some popcorn, sweeties, because you all have a front row view to a come out, a comeback, and a come up at the same damn time. And that's a wrap for this week's episode. Be sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Edamari Sips. Check out this episode's description to snatch the links to those fabulous Black-owned businesses that I mentioned in today's episode. Once more, that Patreon is a-coming because this ish ain't free. So until next week, boys and girls, and all the beauty in between, and remember, by any means necessary, Amari out. Amari out.